This edition of The Secret Room is brought to you by Audible, a company that has supported podcasts for years and that smartly knows podcast listeners also enjoy audiobooks. Now you can support The Secret Room and expand your listening options at the same time by signing up for a free audiobook download from Audible. Their library has over 180,000 titles, so you'll be sure to find something you like. It sets up in a snap and is easy to cancel, no charge, within 30 days if it's not for you. Point your browser to audibletrial.com slash secretroom. And thank you, Audible, for your support. The following is an at-will presentation. My deep, dark secret. (laughs) When I was first married to my husband, I (laughs) threw away all of his ugly socks that I didn't like. His friend's wife told me to do it because she did it to her husband when she got married. It's not a bad Somewhere in Illinois, there's a mansion that was built in the early 1900s. It sits in a green, leafy neighborhood with a bunch of other grand houses on large lots. They're not McMansions, though. You know, those wealth monuments that squeeze onto infill lots in suburban neighborhoods. Nope. These houses harken back to an earlier age, when perhaps life was a little simpler, a little less chaotic. You can see the age in the neighborhood a bit. The mansions are kept up, but some have been subdivided. The street's pavement needs some repair, but it's still a lovely place today. Many people hold that one of the mansions in this old neighborhood is haunted. I'm Ben Ham, and welcome to The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories that no one ever tells. The man who built this mansion, a German-born immigrant to the United States in the late 1800s, became a successful captain of industry. He married a couple of times and raised children at the homestead. I can't give you too many details about the house or its owner, because it could reveal the identity of my guest today. But I will tell you this, on a dark night, when the wind is blowing, and you can see an object inexplicably move, and you hear voices from the bedroom when you're the only one in the house, it can be a scary place. The mansion has been cut up into five apartments. There are two more in an outbuilding. The outbuilding's ground floor, formerly the garage, is a new apartment, and upstairs, completely unchanged since the early 1900s is a spacious two-bedroom residence. It's where the chauffeur and his family once resided, and it's where my guest and her then-boyfriend lived for four years. If you want to see the mansion right now, head to facebook.com slash secretroompod. The actual secret itself, uh, it took place at a Halloween party. Enter Ashley. The chauffeur's apartment that you lived in, did it feel haunted? It did. It really did. Like, I had never had experiences uh, like the ones I had there. And whenever I had heard someone talk about, you know, like paranormal experiences, I'd kind of, I'd be fascinated, but I would kind of discount what they were saying in the back of my mind. But after living there, I mean, I believe, I believe in those kind of things. So something you did, which is your secret, 
took place on Halloween a few years ago. And I should say that this thing you did took a left turn and went somewhere really unexpected. But I want to start with what led up to the events of that night. Well, the story probably starts a year or two before the actual event. The apartment that I lived in had some weird vibes and strange things had happened there. It kind of like established this kind of mystery surrounding it that my friends were really fascinated with. This apartment actually has like a Wikipedia page, so you can look it up if you're interested. It's, um... As you know, to protect the identity of my guest, I can't reveal the name of the mansion. But Ashley did let me post a picture. Tell me about some of the experiences you had there. Um... Just a lot of strange things. The thing is, like, I know what it's like to hear someone tell stories like this and be like, okay, this person's crazy. So I'm always aware of that when I tell these stories. But just little things like my boyfriend at the time and I would go somewhere and we'd come back and there would be like a couple of windows just open. And we lived on the second floor and it was a really old building. Like the windows were still like on a rope pulley system and they were already difficult to open. So it was just strange that they would be open. Things like that. I always remember a specific uh, time where I was making lemonade. So I had like a big net of lemons on the counter And I went to go do something in another room and they were like, they were against the wall. Like they were pretty far onto the counter. When I went into the other room, I heard something like thud and I went to the kitchen and they were like across probably like halfway through the room on the floor. And it was just really unsettling and I couldn't think of any explanation for it. So it struck me as odd. Yeah, kind of sends chills down your spine. And did your boyfriend have any experiences too? My boyfriend said that he had heard a voice a couple of times coming from our spare bedroom. There was one morning where I woke up and I was by myself and I thought I heard something. And I I never know if I was just half asleep or what, but I remember it was so unsettling that I like got up instantly and I was like, I'm going to go find something to do outside of the house. It sounded like someone was like talking across the apartment. It just gave me a bad vibe. So yeah, I mean, I really had experiences there. My landlord was really fascinated with the family that owned the house. He had even sent me a PDF at one point of the wife's diary. So he was really invested in that family, but I don't know about the chauffeur. I didn't want to say, is it haunted? Because I didn't want to seem like a crazy person, but... I mean, I did want to ask that. <laughs> so there was there was a time, right, when something happened to a friend? Yeah, definitely. We had people over. We were all in the living room. My friend went to the restroom. She was only in the restroom a few seconds, and she came back out. And it was, it was funny. It struck me as funny because, and I don't know if this is TMI, but she had a tampon that was still in the package, and she was like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> we were like, what are you talking about? This is so weird. She's like, I can't do this right now. And I'm like, you, you're going to have to elaborate. So she told us that she went into the restroom, and she sat at it on the sink, and she just watched it move across the sink on its own. I always felt that her story was true because it's such an embarrassing situation to put yourself in, you know? Why would somebody make that up? Right. (laughs) 
Yeah, so everyone already had their own experiences and knew that it was possibly haunted. So you're living in a spooky place and your friends are getting spooked out at your house. <laughs> but this gets us to your secret, right? <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a really good idea and everyone would laugh after it was over. So my ex-boyfriend and I decided that it would be pretty neat to hold a seance, but to rig it so that <laughs> things would happen to scare our friends. And it worked. So what'd you do? So we were really good at throwing Halloween parties. That was like one of our main things. Like everyone knew Halloween would be at our place. So of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> we put on the invitations that it was that there would be a seance at midnight. So everyone knew what they were getting into. All right. So take us to Halloween night, if you would, in the chauffeur's quarters over the garage. How did it go down? Okay, so everyone comes over and, you know, we're drinking. That was like key to the experience as well, that they would be slightly inebriated. So we all gather around the coffee table. We decide it might be most effective if we think of someone in particular or think of something. As we're thinking and talking, the lights start to flicker and the record player starts playing a Roy Orbison song. And everyone's like, okay, this is too much. Like, then they freak out and we all leave the room and like, that's crazy that that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it was totally believable. I mean, yes. your friends have already seen self-directing tampons. <laughs> the chauffeur's family used to live there. Mm -hmm. The place has windows that are moving voices are heard it's halloween <laughs> your house is in wikipedia <laughs> all the stars are alive yeah <laughs> so everyone runs out where to the, the front yard no no we all run out to the kitchen and <laughs> yeah because your kitchen is so safe yeah <laughs> you can just tell that everyone is like scared but excited and kind of like, I can't believe that just happened. That's so crazy. And it's funny, like for a second, you know, and this is like, right. this would be the moment where we say, we gotcha. But then people started saying other things. And I was like, oh, I can't tell them it's a joke. So were you fully planning on doing the big reveal about this time? Yeah, it was a joke. Like we were going to tell them for sure that it was a joke. Wow. <laughs> Why was the kitchen considered safe? Like, I'd want to get out of the house. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's honestly where we hung out a lot. Maybe it's because it's where the pizza was. I really don't know. Okay, so tell us how you rigged the charade up. I will admit this was all pretty much all of my ex-boyfriend's doing. He got a real thrill out of planning all of this. Okay, that's nice. So you admit your boyfriend's guilt? No, he. I'm, he's <laughs> proud. I'm sure he's proud, so... Okay. <laughs> He got these controllers that you plug into an electrical socket and then you can control by a remote. He plugged the lamp into one of them and he plugged the record player into another one and he taped the remotes to these sockets to the bottom of the coffee table in a way that he could switch it with his foot. Yeah, he, he was controlling it <laughs> and I think he did ask for my input on the record, and I felt like Roy Orbison is like beautiful, but also really creepy. So. Which song was it? Do you remember? I know it was from the In Dreams record, because that's the only one I have on vinyl. So what did people say about the experience? And, and what I mean is, did, did they say something that 
convinced you you shouldn't confess to your friends? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) it was supposed to be a joke. It was a joke. (laughs) But like one of my friends, she she had lost her grandma a few years before. And she was like, Ashley, I have to tell you, when you told us to think about someone, I thought about my grandma. And I feel like that was my grandma. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, there's no way I can tell her. (laughs) And then we had another friend there who he's always just had like an interesting relationship with religion. He was raised really religiously. He was actually in a monastery at one point and he snuck out in the middle of the night and he's just like out of phase in his life where he's kind of questioning things. And he told me he's like, he said that he felt like this was a spiritual experience like that he could not deny. How can, how can I not believe? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so I was like, how do you tell someone that their spiritual revelation is a prank? So you guys were like, we just had this major impact on these people. Yes. And you bit your tongues. And yeah, because it was just, they were so sincere, you know? So do you think there's any chance that you know despite the rigging of the lights and the rigging of the record player that maybe something really was going on i mean you have had experiences in that house before you could not explain well i don't know a part of me actually does believe that but it's hard to go into because there was a moment when all of that was happening where something did fall off of the coffee table and one of my friends saw it as well but I didn't know if it was like the excitement of the moment, people moving or what, but there was always a part of me that was like, maybe there was something going on there. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think they would have done if you had just said right then, hold on everyone, just a joke, we're just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if we were ever going to tell them that would have been the moment. I feel like they've had too much time now to like cement this as a significant experience in their life. I feel like if we're ever going to tell them it, it should have been then. We had the conversation afterward, okay, do we wait a year to tell them? Do we like when do we tell them? And I think we just ultimately decided that we just are never going to tell them. Well, that that might be the right way to go. Yeah. They might be kind of mad or disillusioned. I would agree. It probably wouldn't be positive. Probably not. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like such a liar at this point. That's why this is the first story I thought of when I found the podcast, because they will still bring it up to this day. And I don't like to talk about it too much. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that was crazy. But I don't care to elaborate because I know I'm lying. Hey, was there anyone at your seance that realized it was all a hoax? That just didn't believe that the Roy Orbison record and lights happened, you know, on their own? Hmm. No, not really. Not that I've heard. Did you learn anything from this, Ashley? It makes me question. I mean, I guess I should probably question any experiences I've had. It's so easy to manipulate people, I guess. But I don't feel good about it. Whenever someone tries to talk about it with me, I'm just like, yeah, that was wild. Yep. (laughs) I don't want to go into specifics because I don't know. When I hear them really believe it and talk about it it makes me feel guilty all over again well it's, it's kind of interesting it, it's sort of two-pronged you feel like maybe something was going on even though you know part of it was fake and then your own secret makes you question your experiences maybe they weren't real it's quite a quandary you're in there it is yeah it is 
So now you've told the secret. How does it feel? It feels good, but a part of me is also afraid that they're going to find this somehow. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Let me let me check something. It says, it says right here that you are actually the only person who listens to the secret room in Illinois. So uh, I think you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a relief. It's a relief. But I will never tell anyone that I know that will come in contact with those people. <laughs> Right. Yeah, part of me wanted to be like, I'm, you know, going to be on a podcast. I can't tell anyone, though. Yeah, if you told anyone, they would have to swear never to tell your friends. They have to pinky promise. Yeah. Well, Ash, it's a great secret. <laughs> Thanks for visiting me in the secret room. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. A picture of Ashley's mansion is posted at facebook.com slash secretroompod. She drew a red circle around the chauffeur's quarters so you can see exactly where this whole adventure went down. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of The Secret Room. Try some other episodes on for size too, if you've got a long commute, or you're taking a stroll, or wherever you need something a little different from your typical podcast fare. We'd love to keep you company. If you enjoy this show, you can give back by spreading the word. We could use your support. Reach out to friends, enemies, coworkers, anyone who needs a new podcast in their life, and that's everybody. Tell them to check out The Secret Room. It's nice to share. It's also nice to leave a shiny five-star iTunes review if you're so inclined, and I hope that you are. This is the part of the show where we do the credits. Okay. And Ashley's going to help out today. Say it right now? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And we're always looking for great stories to share on the show. Have you been thinking about it? Send me an email to share at secretroompodcast.com and let me know your idea. I'd love to chat with you and maybe include you on an upcoming edition of the podcast. You can follow this show on Twitter at Secret Room Pod. Thanks to Jessica Herrera and Mike Leonard who contributed to today's show. Another edition of the podcast is coming soon. We always come back, so stay subscribed. I'm Ben Ham, and this is The Secret Room. Pot, Pot on. on. <laughs> I did it. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Audible.com, offering Secret Room listeners a free audiobook and 30-day membership. All you have to do is visit audibletrial.com slash secretroom.